What is even up? It's your boy Crabman here with my boy Heckenstein. Welcome to the hello, Hypnotic hello, <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm alright. <laughs> what? Just alright? What's up? Yeah. Uh, Slow I day. <laughs> I don't know what it is. If it's a corona quarantine or whatever. Oh, just, just not having a very good week. Uh, just a general yeah. unmotivatedness, I guess. <laughs> or... Yeah, I'm not sure. To be honest, I think it's 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 something deeper. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, let's start off uh, with depressing news. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Eh, the times, yeah. they are rough. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, to be honest. Could be just me being too lazy to go out in the sun the last couple of days. But then I, I've had like a rough couple of weeks already. So mm. might be spiraling down into something else. Who knows? So the walls are closing in sort of a thing? Not really. I, I got a feeling, you know, that I'm missing intention in my life. I mean, I have I have a couple of theories mm, why I'm sure. not, not just I'm just not not happy. Mm. I just haven't been happy really for quite some time. I mean, it's an up and down. I've I've always like happy days or hours, and then goes down again. No, sure, and I get you. Partly, obviously, that should be normal, but yeah, just when I when I notice that I'm not really um, motivated to play games or watch <laughs> anything, and I'm just like, I don't know, just don't feel that there's any reason or rhyme to anything I do, and just wondering why, what am I even doing here? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I certainly get that. <laughs> yeah. At first, I thought it would be like a release depression, like after uh, releasing Eldritch Arena, just the high of, of having a cool game out and then uh, seeing people playing it. And then, yeah, <laughs> seeing that after like the first couple of people finding it no one's playing it anymore there are no comments nothing to do anymore and it just gets swept under nobody cares and yeah what just wondering why did i even work on it for so long and but i don't think it, it's that anymore i think it's 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 more could be like me working on like our secret project and like what I'm doing right now is a bit boring and I don't really see the results that clearly mm. and that means I'm not motivated to work on it and when I'm not working I feel bad that I'm not productive and I, I start to spiral down into like self-pity self-hatred mm. but yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm like meditating yes. each morning 20 minutes, uh, most evenings 20 minutes to kind of center myself. And 
Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem to help in recent weeks. It's more a routine that doesn't really give me much. Mm. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's just like I'm missing the intention behind it. You know, I'm just not I'm just doing it because I am supposed to make me feel better. And mm. um, like uh, last last week, I told you about Midnight Gospel great yeah. netflix show uh psychedelic show <laughs> yeah and he's got one one um dude on called damien eccles i'm sorry i'm starting ranting here <laughs> <laughs> go for it this is what this right, is for. yeah 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 that's what it's for right <laughs> yeah so damien eccles um he's a he's a guy uh, who was convicted of murder with three of his friends because he was like into the occult in Michigan and there were murders of three people and they put him on death row and he remained there innocently for 20 years until uh, new evidence came to light and the frustrating thing is it came to light that he couldn't have been it uh, there's like new um new DNA stuff, mm. um, but they set him free, but under the, um, he had to sign like a waiver that he's guilty. So he can't uh, sue the state of Michigan. Sure. But anyway, he's free now. And uh, he said he, is, he, he studied like meditation and Buddhism. And lastly, a lot of like, high magic it's called like ritual magic which mm -hmm. as far as i understand it is like a, a western western type of spiritual practice mm -hmm. so it's not that that different from buddhism or like the eastern stuff but uh, he argues that it's easier to understand for western minds yeah, and i've I mean, I've read a lot about like Eastern traditions and they really resonated with me when I was like, when I was younger, so not that long ago, but now like trying to read that stuff just doesn't give me this feeling anymore. Mm. And yeah, this Midnight Gospel episode really resonated with me again and uh, started like uh, reading excerpts of his book on Amazon. And yeah, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'll get into high magic. <laughs> it's weird because like I can't get into like the other spiritual esoteric stuff because it it feels just wrong. It's just like like bullshit. I'm too skeptical of it. Mm -hmm. But like magic, that's so far off. It's so obviously not real <laughs> that I think I got a better chance of getting into it. Mm. Uh, so my feeling is um, like humans need some kind of spiritual belief, some some direction. Mm -hmm. And that like Nietzsche said, like God is dead, uh, meaning that the enlightenment and all the science really killed our spiritual um, practices, uh, like the Christianity, nobody believes in God anymore. And I think maybe like the human psyche needs something like that some some belief some yeah intention so i'm i think i might try this but I'm not sure yet this book is pretty expensive it's like 25 euros 
it's a hardcover book, which I don't like either. I'm not, not convinced yet that I want to spend that much money. So I'm just browsing the internet about like different high magic stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. And I think maybe I just need like more of an intention of trying, knowing why I sit down and meditate some, yeah, yeah some direction, who knows? So that's, that's sure. my, my current mode. <laughs> How about you? How are you? What was your week like? <laughs> my week is good. I mean, I guess that's always been the case, how we kind of switch between how, how great we're feeling about everything and uh, how optimistic we are. <laughs> yeah. So I am having like a really good time, actually. Um, I feel like I'm getting a lot done. Uh, and... Yeah, just in general, as I mentioned, um, it's oh, sorry. Hmm? Oh, I don't know words. Um, it's kind of yeah. I don't know. I find this whole. I don't find this uh, quarantine and lockdown thing as something that inhibits my life in any way. I kind of feel it's freeing in a sense of uh, <laughs> I have. I now have permission to be exactly as much of the hermit as I am <laughs> and so it's nice um, it feels like a timeout from reality in a way you know because uh, I was kind of thinking about that how after school after university basically I've been kind of waiting for just stuff to calm down for things to be easy again mm. right and anytime I think ah now now this is solved. Now this is taken care of. Now it's going to be, it can only get better, you know, <laughs> and look where we are. Um, and I kind of guess that's just what life is. You know, it's never going to be as uh, simple as it was when we had zero responsibility. Hmm. Um, but all the freedoms, basically uni was the best time. You know? Yeah, one of the best times for sure. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You don't have to take care of it. You don't even have to go to uni. You know, it's like, whatever, it's, it's a complete timeout and that's just kind of what this feels like now as well I mean I'm I am working and stuff but it's uh, I don't know I think for me it was like it's so manageable you know you have to you have the hours you have to be at uni and mm. you have to learn that stuff and then you have to do your your exams and that's it you don't have to do anything more there, there's, there's no reason to do anything more and I didn't now, even do that being, so yeah it's true <laughs> But I did, and uh, it was fine, no problem. Yeah. Now, now as a self-employed, you know, game developer, there's always more you can do, and you always feel like maybe you should have done more. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the. What is that called? That has a name. It's the. Ah, dang it! It has to do with capitalism, obviously. And it's the way we are being, you know, trained to value ourselves through product productivity and mm. all that stuff. And if you like don't do enough, I mean, there's never enough. I mean, that's also the point. You know, if you have, even if you've done everything you can, you could have done more. You know, that's sort of the mentality behind the whole thing and mm. why it's hard to calm down and just, you know, chill a bit and enjoy yourself and not be productive. 
I mean, it's actually kind of interesting to see like how much of the um, the things you see on Twitter and stuff are about, you know, you don't have to be productive during a literal global pandemic, you know, because people just still are like, oh my God, and I, now I have all this time now that I don't work. I have to work on my hobbies and all those things that I said I was going to do for years. And when, you know, it's stressful. It's uh, There's a lot of things going on and you need time to unwind and we can't even give ourselves permission to do that when you know the whole world is shutting down it's a it's kind of a wild thing but yes so that's yeah. of, of me it's kind of nice because um you know the things we're working on right now they are manageable and um they are kind of in i guess in an area that i haven't done in a while you know just like now working on some videos and stuff, doing the streaming things. And so, you know, game development is a lot of fun. And, you know, doing the occasional gem, of course, is uh, is really this, uh, you know, you have this quick, you have an idea, you put it out there, it's done. You have this very fast, uh, this very fast life cycle of the project itself, I guess, of the development mm. of itself. I mean, this year-long uh, developments, I mean, they, they can be kind of draining because you don't have the quick feedback and um, you don't really see immediately what you're putting all this time into. I mean, a lot of the time, you know, you work on code base and there's not even, you know, a new screenshot to show or something. So it's... Exactly. But with a gem, you know, you have an idea, you throw it out there, it's there. You know, you did something, you made something new, it's out in the world, people play it. Um, it's kind of... It's kind of That's a quick reward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited for early access because having people play my game and then um, seeing what they like and just rolling out updates, implementing new features, seeing how, how they are received, that's that's what really makes me happy. And um, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully <laughs> there's... a project you can't even talk about, even if there is something to show. Uh, soon. Not much yeah, longer now. What is it? That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and I hope that early access is gonna have that quick, um, I guess, this kind of reward cycle. You know, you make a new feature, you put it out, people respond. Yeah. I hope that's gonna be more motivating than you know working on mm -hmm. it in secret for two years, or you yeah. know nobody can play it or something. And you know, yeah, for sure. Yes, but you know, also now doing more like video stuff, and I even feel that with the with the stream, you know, we have it on uh, on Spotify now, which is exciting. Even though it's super easy to get stuff on Spotify, it's like wow, <laughs> I feel like so happy looking at that page. Yeah, um, but this this is the kind of excitement that dies down so quickly for me, and then just goes into the the reversal, like. Okay, it's there, but nobody cares, and then it feels like so bad instead. Like good. <laughs> it's like you, you bring you, you release a game, you're just happy, and like people see it, and then you, uh, even when I'm like still working on it, and you know, with each update, less people react, and then it just dies down, and you just feel like empty, and it's weird. <laughs> it is definitely. I mean, with these small things. This is something that excites me just for having it kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I know just I don't I know no not many I'm not even gonna see how many people although I think there are analytics, whatever. Um 
with Spotify mm. and stuff. I'm just excited for myself. So this is like things that I enjoy just putting out stuff. And especially, I mean, I, I guess we designed it on purpose that this is really low effort. So that there's mm. no reason not to do it. And then hopefully yeah. it get, doesn't get frustrating like past efforts, you know, where the amount of work just eclipsed the fun element of it. Um, but yeah, definitely with, I mean, I also feel that with Pepper Prince, absolutely. You know, I mm. had a lot of fun working on those first two episodes. And I guess that it's taking a while now. I mean, there's also obviously been a lot of things that happened over the past year where just... The second episode was hard too. It was hard. It was not as hard as this one now. I mean, that was more the final stretch, the final crunch to get it done for a maze. Uh, That Mm. was hard. Um, And I guess that maybe also burnt me out a bit. Um, But also definitely seeing that nobody was interested in it. That was kind of... Obviously getting, Mm. you know, the rock, paper, shotgun review was a huge boost for the first one. I was like, oh yeah, I'm so excited to do this next one. And then basically nobody plays it and now it feels more like I'm fulfilling the obligation of the season passes that have been bought rather than making something for people that are interested in it or excited about it and Mm. that makes it difficult and then especially you know last year was just hectic altogether you know there was so much going on uh, yeah so a lot of things that came in the got in the way um, and now I'm just kind of you know trying to allow myself to take a little bit of time to um, to complete it when it's when the time is right, I guess. Uh, which I feel only so so about because it does. You know, I had a release schedule in mind, which was also mm. very very uh, not very well thought out. Um, I wanted to make a new episode every three months, and I kind of didn't calculate that I spent half a year planning the first two episodes. And then I wanted to do that whole process. For the next one, like in only three months, that was never gonna happen. <laughs> mm. um, I was yeah. always thinking you would you would get one done every month, but <laughs> how? <Yeah. laughs> it um, was a bit optimistic. You know, the thing is, then also, um, sure, I could now force myself to like to just put it out, but it's not gonna be as good as it is when you know when I'm doing it because I have a genuine inspiration rather than just trying to follow like kind of a hmm. something yeah. rather I than... often feel like in the last month or last weeks better I feel like forcing myself to work does help actually but I can only do like non-creative stuff like mm. as as soon as I have to think about how to implement something it's it's more complicated it's just I don't have the energy for that, but just jogging down, like adding sprites or anything that that I can do, like while listening to a podcast, Mm. that's perfectly fine. And then I can look at the time it it took me and I can feel fine. It's in there. I've done my work and then I can, I I don't feel good about it, but I feel less shitty. (laughs) So that's that. Definitely. I mean, um, I mean, I guess it's not giving anything away to say that I'm working on an announcement trailer right now. Hmm. Um, clearly, we're going to announce something. <laughs> um, and, you yeah. know, in parts, uh, certain elements of it are pretty difficult while also being incredibly boring. 
Um, and I do, there I feel that, you know, I have to force mm. myself to just get started. And then I notice I don't want to stop once I got the ball rolling yeah. kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, no, forcing yourself to be creative, that's, I don't even know how that works. I mean, sure, there's a certain, you can have a certain discipline in how you create things, obviously. But um, I think if there's such a resistance to it, like you have to like menial tasks and stuff, then I at least don't really see that being good. I do believe that, that there is like sense in, or, or to put it another way, that motivation arises out of action. That's something I read in one of, those books that you're mm -hmm. like often just waiting for motivation it will never come but if you just start working doing something simple then it will come and you will just like you said you, you can't start working on it suddenly and it's motivating on in itself because you're you're on it and you see like you're progressing yeah but yeah this it's not always happening like that yeah, i would say there's a no. difference between overcoming that part of yourself that is already too critical of the outcome mm -hmm. where you're like i don't know if i can do this and you know you let yourself uh, be stopped by basically the fear of it being bad mm, um yeah. and not having the energy to do it you know, those are separate things you need to overcome that voice that tells you ah it's gonna be shit anyway don't even try but mm -hmm. it's hard to tell at what point you simply aren't you just don't have the resources you don't have the your batteries drained and you just can't you know then you can't force yourself to do something because it's just not gonna happen um so yeah it's basically i guess sort of trying to figure out if this is something where you're standing in your way or if you are standing in the way of being able to work by letting yourself by not letting yourself recover mm. properly because you're forcing yourself to create something mm. um that's certainly how I felt with uh, with Pepper Prince and over the last few months. It was just I was trying and I was trying to make it happen still, and like forcing myself to do it. And it's actually only recently that uh, you know I said, okay, we have this thing to focus on now. I, you know, this is also important to do, obviously, and um, to just hmm. let myself focus on that. And I think you, you told me this that that. Um, your taste evolves faster than your skill, and that is. Did I say that? that is, yeah, maybe I read it somewhere else. <laughs> but that that, uh, that that's the reason why you always like you you work on something and it just feels like completely bad and useless. Okay, and yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah and exactly. The the reason is that, that your taste just evolved, and now you you see like more of the mistakes. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. That's, you know, when that's I, why it doesn't matter how, how good you get, usually you, you think your work is shit because your taste evolves just faster than your skills. Yeah, that was the problem with, um, you know, when I started making short films and stuff, you know, it was just like, what? I can't do this. And I was just throwing out anything, you know. And then I got better at it and I got, you know, more into the stuff, uh, have a lot more knowledge on how to do these things properly. Um, and now it's a thing of, I don't have the money, the people, the equipment, really anything <laughs> to make what I want to make now. And then I don't feel good about, well, the quality that I can produce is not good enough for me anymore. So 
it's it's difficult. <laughs> it's um, also a reason why why it's good to make like small projects fast yeah. as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so, but overall, you know, so to allowing myself to take a little bit of a break from the things where I really feel I'm a little bit burnt out on um, and getting into, you know, I haven't done my trailer or video project in a while, so that's kind of fun to work on that. Uh, it's also like really quick reward in that, you know, you manipulate an image, you see how it looks immediately, kind of a thing. You know, it's a, it's yeah. not months of programming, and then of a game that you can't even enjoy yourself because how are you gonna like actually mm -hmm. play a puzzle game where you know <laughs> what the solution is, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it's so I kind of feel like I'm having a good time right now. Work is kind of fun. We're figuring out uh, the whole. You know, I, I did this week a lot of um, figuring out how we do our social media and stuff, uh, like putting together a little bit and discussing with our intern, like how we do this, how we, what we're kind of looking for, how to achieve that. So I feel like we're kind of also working out the whole communication thing that we talked about last time. And, hmm. and yeah, and then I'm, you know, fiddling with some stuff here and there. I started playing Minecraft. I only Minecraft? Mm. Awesome. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so it's, I mean, I played that very, very briefly, like 10 years ago. Um, Did you stop like, like saying that you, you, you're missing like a goal or something? You don't know what you're supposed to do? Was that a problem back in the day? I played it for a while. And, but I never bought it. It was always too expensive. Yeah. Um, and so I, I played, I think your brother gave me his account for a little bit. And then when he changed his password, I didn't, I stopped playing. Possibly, <laughs> um, yeah. And no, I mean, I don't know how long I'm gonna fill with this. It's just fun right now to just, uh, I always like to do something while I'm watching something. Cause I don't mm. like, I get, I get bored easily. At the same time, not wanting to watch something that's too engaging. <laughs> Sometimes I'm looking just for this distraction of watching a dumb series that I've seen a billion times and just sit or fiddling on the side to kind of wind down, rather than watching you know a movie that I wanted to see forever. Hmm. Sometimes I'm not I'm not in the mood to pay attention. Basically, <laughs> and it's really nice for that. And so I'm just building a little bit of a fortress there. Now I'm trying to figure out how I get sheep into the pen that I built. I guess I gotta get some wheat to lure yeah. them, I read. Well, yes. But so yeah, so I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying this break from the stressful reality that I had last year. So it's kind of, mm. kind of really, really nice in a very weird way. <laughs> That's nice. Yes. Yeah. I, I start Minecraft up every every once in a while, yeah. and yeah, usually I'm just like creating a new world after another until I find a world I'm happy with, and mm. then I build like the, a little fort, and then I stop playing again. <laughs> sure, because it just feels yeah, I don't know, it feels kind of pointless. I don't. 
I don't know. It kind of lost the charm for me. I, I played this like a lot back in the day, like um, when it was still, still, was it still beta? I think. Like I bought it for fifteen euros <laughs> or for ten. Well, it's thirty before. now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, I loved that. I loved also like the challenges. There was like a couple of seats where you had to, where you could get underground and you had to survive underground. It was like pretty cool. But yeah, it's, I think what I'd love to to do to have to play Minecraft again is like a server and do it with a couple of people and see how they build and like be motivated that they can see your stuff. Yeah, I can imagine that that's more fun. Yeah. I mean, I only ever played it single player, so. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. I guess it's a fun distraction for a while, and then yeah. not really like trying to build anything big. Like, I'm not trying to recreate the Death Star or something. So. Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't have any motivation to do that. But <laughs> I do want to, to uh, play it through, like, kill this Ender Dragon. But yeah. Usually I start the game and then I see like how much I have to do to get there and then I get disinterested again. Speaking of, have you? Where are you with Arcanum? Are you still at it? <laughs> yeah, I started it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I realized that I did make a, a mistake. I put mm -hmm. the points in the in the false attribute, so I made my character too beautiful instead of charming because there is a difference that's important wow. yeah so i had to start the game again and go through everything again at the beginning and yeah i'm again at the first town uh, i haven't haven't cleared the mine there yet um yeah i need to need to find like the motivation again to to continue there stream it but i haven't yeah i haven't played any games and i thought like streaming me rushing through the game just to get where i was before is not very interesting or engaging so yeah, we also, have we have jana with us again from red king and she's saying that as well why don't you stream yeah. it stream it <laughs> there's no reason no you should we two, actually we were reasons, talking about that two reasons <laughs> first first I, i'm rushing through to get to the first town and do all the stuff i've done like four times now sure. <laughs> in the last two weeks um and the second reason is i haven't set up streaming yet and it's i not do not build. need a, another reason not to play the game I, I need to to just like to wind down i have to just start it and uh, yeah, be able to play and not think too much about anything but you can do that yeah well Maybe i just Put it on. You don't need to schedule anything. Just throw it on whenever. No, I don't have the software installed. What's it called again? Uh, OBS Studio. OBS. OBS. I think. OBS. Or is the S the studio? I... Do I have this? Yeah. Open Seems broadcaster like have... software. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that's not hard to set up. I've set mine up in like ten minutes. It's all right. There it is. No, I have it installed, but I forgot how it's called. And then I was like, ah, eh. like first day I didn't play the game because I was like, ah, I don't want to set it up now. And the second day I was like, ah, I'm just going to play the game, not going to 
try to set anything up now. But I'm I'm still planning to to um, and I'm now at a point where I will play the game regularly. I will read the dialogues and not just click through them because I've read them so many times now. <laughs> and yeah, I, I do want to stream. I mean, I think that's also fine if you want to rush through the beginning. Hmm. I mean, you can talk while you do that. You don't need to. I mean, people, I don't think, necessarily come to like follow like every dialogue or something. That they can play it themselves. Um, so yes, definitely do it. I'm gonna do that too. I'm just finishing a game that I'm not so excited about. I'm gonna get also, a lot, lot of me playing right now is me me going online searching for different stuff I haven't really understood or like. Well, what's it with the combat styles again? Because <laughs> you know, Akam has three different ways to play the combat. There's a real-time, uh, a turn-based, and something else. I'm not sure how to get into, and they they work differently. And I always had a suspicion that that the real-time was like working differently because I had more fails and more critical fails, especially. Mm. So uh, yeah, I always play the turn-based and then, you know, play the game for a while, then reload, start open, searching for a guide, looking into what specific thing I, I want to know. And yeah, I have to get familiar with the game again. And then, then I can start and play it like a real person. Because yeah, and getting to, to like, I can't, can't play role-playing games, optimizing everything. Because I won't be able to start them to to <laughs> yeah to start them often and uh, definitely not going to end the game when I start like really getting into how to play perfectly. I have to role play. Mm. I have to be like this character and allow this character to make mistakes that fit his character. Mm. Yeah. Yes, but I feel like you can already just throw on this and then just play because that seems like playing like a normal person looking stuff up and <laughs> reloading okay. and everything and I mean you know just play it don't think of it as making a good show just I mean I guess watching streams is just to have something kind of running in the background mm. right yeah. and yes well I'm still I'm still finishing the journey down uh, an adventure game I'm not so crazy about. Uh, and I figured after that I kind of continue where I left off my YouTube channel hmm. uh, with Monkey Island 3. Yes. That was supposed to be the next thing when I broke my arm and then... I mean, you only need a mouse to play it, but back then I didn't have a microphone stand. I had to hold the microphone up to my mouth and I couldn't, I couldn't do both. <laughs> And I kind of stopped doing it, especially That's when I dedication. <laughs> <laughs> and then I broke my schedule, and then I didn't feel like it anymore. So mm. I'm gonna continue there, maybe a little bit happier too. So I remember mm. it was a really stressful time. But yes, yeah. speaking of games, we put out a couple new ones. Well, you know, new on itch. Oh, have you? Have you? Mm -hmm. Have, I? Have you set them online yet? Yes, of course. It's everything's done. All oh, right. Because I, I haven't released my games on itch. I have. Oh, it's all done. 
You yes. don't need to worry about it anymore. Nice, nice, nice. All done. So, first of all, we have our old fan favorite. <laughs> um, our wonderful math game, Prime Division. Yes, now you can play it on your PC, not only your Android phone. Yes, and yeah, it's... Uh, what was it? It came out in 2016, right? I... Oh, wow, I have to start from the beginning. Oh, well, but it's... Yeah. Uh, wait, how do I skip the tutorial? Because mm, I already know how it works. Try, try escape. Ah, yes, there it is. Okay. So yeah, Prime Division, our little math game about dividing numbers into their prime factors. Yeah. <laughs> it's... You know what? Back so in the day. obsessed with that game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I am... Okay, so we have many ideas, you know, for or we've been talking about marketing and stuff for a very long time. And, you know, sometimes ideas don't work out. That's just how it goes, I guess. But what I'm really sad about is that we never got around to doing drunk division. Um, True. Can still try. <laughs> I kind of, let's yes. Get, let's get the whiskey out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that was... And that was kind of the um, thing that was always the most fun to see when showing people this. Because obviously you tell someone, do some math, they're going to be like, ugh. Um, but to, when you're out I drinking at the pub and then you hand it to someone who's blackout drunk and they're just crushing it, especially Roman mode. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this? Um, the Roman mode is absolutely my favorite. It's such a weird, weird thing and absolutely mind-breaking. Um, mm. That was just cool. I also remember we had a no, dang it! Just assume that big numbers are using the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the last couple of numbers, all were were 11s in them. Yeah. Um, when we yeah. designed the game, right, we were going through a lot of looks and stuff. And I also, we talked about divine division at some point that we were going to do kind of like a Greek Roman sort of aesthetic and have everything in Roman numerals. So I feel like that would have also been kind of fun. How did yeah. you, uh, there was a way to unlock everything, right? Uh, yeah, uh, it's not in there anymore, I think. No. You you can try and hold the credits button for 15 seconds, but I think it only turns red. Also, in the chat, uh, we have to question how this game even works. How it works? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, um, the way every every number you can think of is either a prime number, so it's only divisible by itself or one, or it can be divided by down into prime numbers, I guess. And that, that's the idea I came up with because I found that so neat that <laughs> every number is like this. So in this game, what are you doing? You're looking at a number, then you're trying to find the, the prime numbers that make this up. 
and divide them down to. So 49 is 7 times 7. Yeah. 6 is 3 times 2. And you always divide by the highest number first and then go to the lower numbers to get the highest points. Yeah. Which becomes uh, increasingly difficult as uh, every, I think, like five numbers, um, the next stage comes and uh, every second stage or like, like each stage either gives you a new prime number or you will have three factors instead of two. Mm. Yeah, and then it gets bigger and bigger. And yeah, we have a couple of different modes where you have instead of just four different prime numbers, six different prime numbers, or uh, for Roman mode, um, <laughs> which is, uh, I think, both our favorites, um, you yeah. have to use Roman numbers. Um, so five is a V and yeah, it's very, it's very hard because you have to translate the number and then you have divided and then you have to translate the prime numbers you have there in your head. And yeah, it's, it's great because you really, you're, you're really getting at the limit of what your brain can do. Yeah. Um, cause I think the, the cursor wasn't, uh, being captured. So, yeah, so no. yeah, yeah, you have a, you have a number given no. yeah, like 49, then I know I divide by seven and seven to get down to one and that 15 divided by five divided by three and like this. And yeah, and there's gets... a tutorial at the game. You can download it in, on the play store. It's called prime division. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> it's uh, free. Yeah. Like. As you know, we, we don't make any money. <laughs> no. I wonder why. <laughs> Everything is free. Um, yeah, so my, my favorite prime number. Um, I think it could be 13. I mean, 7 is great too. It used to be 7. Basically, it's 7, yeah. But 13 is, is great as well. It's the, the, the lucky number of my parents. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite prime number? I think it is... Well, I like those basic ones. Uh, uh, hmm, maybe it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking between three and five, but maybe three is my favorite. Hmm. It is five is also like two, three and five are like especially well too. Hmm. They are great because of my love of Illuminatus and... Uh, Funnily enough, stuff. that's also what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, now I got a 13. Yes. And Great number. Well. I have to think. Yes, eleven times. Okay. So yeah, it's it's a neat little game. Um, lots you of get, you get a bonus if you're like doing the perfect division each time, and the more you chain it up, the more points are. So he's got a multiplicator. No. So, yeah. It's a it's a favorite game of my mother that I made. <laughs> 
by the way. <laughs> he played it like at the at the high. She used to dominate the high scores, and then uh, <laughs> more people played, and now now she isn't on there anymore. I think. Seventy. Wow, this is kind of a good run right now. Yeah. So I'm just gonna quickly do this until I fail. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, a lot of people are just afraid of math, and they they won't even try it. But if you get, if you try it a little bit, you you soon get the hang of it, and it becomes addicting. And it's it's kind of fun, and no. you you never look at numbers the same way again. <laughs> Because you're always like seeing, oh, oh, that that's three times four times seven. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously not four. Yes. Bad example. Anyway. So, then the other new thing we have, which I recently renamed to Danger Valley, oh. um, is actually a recreation of. Do you remember those graphing calculators we used to have in school? Yeah. Um, and this is like a game we had on there um, to play during class instead of paying attention. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a very very basic RPG. Basically, you have a you have an inn where you can uh, you know uh, regain your health and everything. You have a shop where you can buy bread, which is I think for health, milk for. I mean, I, I renamed everything, but the basic principle was. Uh, obviously you have healing items for health and mana and then protein shakes and energy drinks which are going to increase your health or your mana and then you just go to the mountains and sometimes you f just find stuff sometimes you find items or gold and most of the time you encounter um, small creatures like now I have a bat that I'm going to fight I'm going to hit it with an attack it attacks me back and you know like a very very basic turn-based RPG and the goal is basically that you have a list of monsters that you need to um, defeat but obviously they're incredibly powerful so that's why you go training in the mountains um, to level up get enough health and yeah just what you do, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how I spent any class where I was allowed to have a calculator out or where they at least wouldn't notice, I guess. Because reading books I always got caught. <laughs> yeah, so that is up and then we have a prototype that I think you can tell us a little bit about. Well, uh, yeah, Ch up. Chat is uh, really is angry about you killing a bat for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I think I, I think about when making games quite a lot these days because somehow it's so it's just so fulfilling and easy to have these simple combat against like the tropey animals rats bats and all that stuff uh, then again it's like why are you killing these animals and often you're just like going out of your way and arcanum too like there are wolves everywhere and you know you can just ignore them but you get experienced for killing them so 
obviously I go out of my way to find every wolf and kill it. <laughs> and yeah, I got a little bit of flag from my girlfriend for doing this. So. <laughs> Gotta get that XP, man. Sure. Yeah. Um, how does it work? Do you make prototypes every week? Do you have a prototype day? Actually, um, no. We don't prototype a lot. I just game jam a lot. Uh, whenever there's something... Oh, wait. Are you stuck? You look stuck. Oh, yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> um, at least it's stuck on a nice smile rather than... Um, <laughs> Um, now I like to I like to jam basically and if I f see something on uh, edge that looks interesting you know I throw something in there I mean these games we, we are uploading to itch right now these are things we've done over the years you know we had um, last year when we had our birthday uh, I put together a video that was basically um, all the games and prototype that we worked on during all the years we've uh, been making games together and then we were talking about you know it would be kind of cool to have sort of an archive of everything that we've made and you know and then finally now when corona hit and we were like people sit at home they're bored now is the time to just put at least the stuff that's somewhat playable uh, up mm -hmm. on itch and so for the last couple of weeks i think this is now the sixth week we've done it that we put three games up on itch um yeah, most of them, as I said, they've been on our website before. Like this game I made, uh, I think in 2014, uh, when I was doing a game a week thing, you know, for like a couple of months, I tried to make something new every week. Brain Factor also came out of that and, you know, a couple of silly things. Um, and yeah, well, I, but wait, didn't we have something new recently? Ah, yeah, yeah, you make some new stuff because you're only starting to jam now, eh? <laughs> Yeah, I usually don't don't do any game jams, but I do um, get ideas for cool games, and then <laughs> I start working on them, and then I realize okay, it's not working out, and now we are releasing them as uh, prototypes, basically. Yeah. Like I still have even a, a couple that that uh, I think that don't quite work, but you know I could just go and like give it a day or two to make them work again and yeah who knows maybe i will do that but they are mostly like for example i have had this idea of making a, a match two game like memory but like you it's a dungeon crawler and your mm -hmm. skills and you can increase your skills doing this match two stuff but it was just too random and didn't feel good at all yeah, uh, yeah i looked at that and it's it's just not really working anymore the Unity uh, project, but I, I looked through the code and it's so simple. I could just I could just revive it, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's like worth the effort at all. <laughs> but who knows? So let me see if I can get Pet Earth up. Ah, there we go. So Pet Earth, <laughs> right? So tell so us about Pet Earth. Yeah, this is like, uh, what was the game jam again? That uh, was from the, um, what is it in English? BGB game jam, Bundes yeah, it's the, the Politische Bildung. Yeah, it's a department for civic education or something like that. Um, 
And yeah, it was on climate change. And uh, we each kind of worked on our own little ideas because we had a couple very small ones that didn't need much of a of a team. Um, <laughs> the one that I worked on, I think, is something that we're, we can't show, but <laughs> it was a tad controversial. <laughs> you can click on it to, to stop rotating and then you can uh, move it with uh, click and drag click again to make it moving again. So my idea was basically, um, let's do a little pet earth and you can add a couple of, of ideas how, how this could work out. But my thinking was, wouldn't it be cool if you had like your little planet in your pocket and you can see like everything grow and then someday suddenly humans arrive and they start replicating and distributing spreading all through the world and destroying everything that like <laughs> took millennia to to uh, live there and then you can uh, right click on on hotbeds of humans to spawn a, a, a natural disaster and uh, decimate a little bit of those humans yeah that was uh, that was the idea um the obviously the humans like will populate and then they will um, generate carbon dioxide which will increase the temperature and the ocean acidity or the ocean um basicity basicity anyway yeah no but idea. yeah simulation stuff is a lot of formulas and i didn't quite get them right uh i was able to to make them spread somewhat uh, realistically and in a way that doesn't like kill your cpu which <laughs> did for a long time um but yeah the the way they um affect like the mm. stats just doesn't really work out and as you can see they are now getting all bigger because I wanted them to to be like little villages at first and then um, when they have more technology they can build bigger cities and then it starts to get problematic um and yeah your 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 work as a god basically was just to decimate them so <laughs> your planet doesn't get wrecked but yeah it doesn't really work out some after a while like uh, when the oceans get too acidic uh, too basic i think to ba basicity how <laughs> pronounce that stuff uh, will get orange and the hotter the planet gets the more um brown the whole world gets it's it's really it's more an experiment than really a prototype i think i still think it would be cool to do something like that to have like a planet evolve um like uh, i'd love to have like a counter how much like uh, biodiversity is there and how it's growing and then humans appear and then then it's getting uh dis decimated um yeah but the formulas are quite complicated and yeah i'm not good at math so, <laughs> so that's when i stopped working on it yeah I still remember the version where they were kind of like huddled around like more in 
what would you call it? It looked like they were bubbling up, basically lots of dots, and your your uh, disease thing was like a like a blast wave. Could like cut a nice circle into. <laughs> yeah, into yeah. The, the the natural disasters don't kill all humans anymore, <laughs> so that that's why it doesn't really blast them. And it, there seems to be like some bug, but now you can see it, it's getting uh, more orange. Oh. And more brown, yeah, as, uh, as it gets hotter. And um, they can still grow quite a bit. And yeah, <laughs> at, at some point they get quite big and then they Ooh. start to pulsate. Oh, oh. no, no. Yeah, perfect. Oh, what? <laughs> it looks really, yeah, <laughs> it looks really unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But they, they just explode at, at one point. So, yeah, formulas are. Uh, yeah, notice it. <laughs> oh wow! And now everything's turning a little bit pinkish. Yeah. yeah. That does make look humans like a disease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we thought about like maybe you could like. Uh, increase the time speed by uh, scrolling, like turning the planet faster or going back in time. Yeah. Or maybe you you would have to um, put these um, natural disasters somewhere. So so it would pause until you just locate space to do the disaster, and you would have to think about: uh, Am I going to kill the humans or not? If I don't kill them, yeah, the plan will be wrecked uh, sooner rather than later, or is it moral or anyway? But yeah, I never got got to that. <laughs> just just got stuck trying to make the um, yeah. Looks kind of pretty. The formulas, right? Yeah, that's something. So that each each settlement is like um, dynamically like growing, like having birthing new humans and old people are dying that's why they pulsate a little bit mm. um, and I think they shouldn't be able to build new settlements on uh, yellow or brownish terrain anymore oh, I'm not sure if that works out so basically you could wait until everything is like this and then you can kill all of them and then they shouldn't um, shouldn't be able to live anymore but yeah. oh. now they're coming back <laughs> and something doesn't work with the disasters they should stay on the on the planet surface but yeah it looks like they're coming back despite the yellow yeah the, the points uh, i didn't set them by hand and that that was a little bit of a problem mm. i started um because i i wanted them obviously like on the land not on the water so what yeah. i did was I, I changed I, I cut out the the water from the land mass and then I generated like a random point around I think you can you can in Unity you can generate like a random point on a circle and I did that uh, in the center of the earth and then I sent a line through there hitting um, hitting the surface, and then I checked the uh, texture color. 
and they Ooh. start. Yeah, and they start. Um, I think I defined like yeah, <laughs> I've defined the first point they start at, and then um, they try to spawn in a, a circle around this. Yeah, <laughs> but that was also like quite quite a challenge to find like a good way to uh, let them spread around without um yeah with kind of as you can see like here in africa like the top of africa there there is nothing that's because like the map was is not green enough for human populations mm. it's not perfect but yeah it's something because it checks the texture color at that point um, yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not it's not perfect. <laughs> yes, not bad. So that is our new games for this week. Ah, yeah, that's fun looking at all the the old stuff you you created. Especially like looking at the code and like, shaking your head. <laughs> Why is that so complicated? You could just do it much easier. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, for next week or the one after, I want to put up the Teller Slide prototype we have. Um, there's just one or two bugs that bother me. And I wanted to look into the code to figure out like, how to fix them. I, I, I don't understand that anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Always an adventure, uh, going back to old code. No, I mean, that was especially funny because, like, we wrote this, uh, we both wrote it. Like, you wrote mostly, you started implementing it, and then I went over it and reformatted it and changed the stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm sure it's hard for you to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yes, I'll have a look because it's uh, actually I, I did find the prototype. I didn't find it during the birthday stream, but um, mm. it's pretty cool. I even I'm every time I fire that up, I'm very surprised by just how good it actually is. Uh, yeah, that's so, so ugly. It's, that's what really puts me off, like the to the um, like the combat. It just because there's not enough assets and all that stuff. It looks so cheap. I I disagree. It's I mean it's a prototype. It's uh you know I mean of course like the characters they have like I, just their different faces <laughs> pasted over the same character model. <laughs> but yeah, that's clear. It works. It's uh, it's fine. And I like it. I like the levels, uh, the progression. Um, it's a lot of fun. So I just wanna you know do one or two tweaks. You know that when you. Um, you know, when you do retreat from battle during the opening sequence that is like scripted where you go um, retreat just brings you to the next one and so like I want to disable that mm. for that beginning so that you just go through it that you can restart if you don't uh, manage but um, you also get stuck because the menus don't work anymore when you do retreat that's also weird I think maybe mm. it's designed to go back to the world map or something yeah, like that and so it well, anyway, there's a few small fixes, but I have to like figure out how to read the 
need the code, uh, figure out what's happening. At least I found the progression you built because that I did not do that. Hmm. The scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, an interesting thing about the, the prototype is also that, like, bringing it back to the bat, <laughs> fighting bats, and mm. uh, the moral, uh, like, what, what moral codes uh, games teach you. Mm that we decided that we wanted to make a tactical RPG, but your characters will not kill anyone. And they will be trying, like they will you always use non-lethal means. Yeah. And it's it's shocking how hard it is, yeah, it is to, to make this. Yeah. And how, yeah, how it's just normal. It's just accepted that as an RPG, tactical RPG, or like action RPG doesn't matter, like or most games that you're just running around with your weapons, killing everything in sight. Um, yeah, and that like we are as game developers, we are just replicating it without any thought. I mean, obviously, I had like um, I had like one talk, um, like a phone call with the company that wanted to hire me. It's mm -hmm. uh, uh, way way back mm. and they asked me if I had an idea for a game or if I can just like on the spot tell them like a game design idea and I told them what? about yeah, <laughs> I told them about like um, like a discovery game I think I told you about it too sometime where you are want to do like a hex map and you are doing expeditions and mm. you're, yeah. you're going into like um into the jungle and like discover one hex and then you can go into the different hexes on the sides and you have to to um, finance your expeditions that defines how far you get and then you find stuff you bring it back sell it to a museum get money for the next expeditions and they they were really adamant about having combat in it because that's like a really important motivating force for players that you have like a clear conflict and yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, 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 I yeah I think that's true but I in this case I, I really tried to find a way that I don't have to involve any combat because I feel it's it's not not healthy to mm -hmm. replicate it like mindlessly all the time yeah, I've also, I remember we talked uh, in the early days um, about, you know, non-violent combat systems. Or like, you know, have that dressed up in a different way. Have something that is just as exciting as a, you know, Mass Effect combat, but have it about diplomacy or negotiation or something. Yeah. And we never really found... Like a really, of course, there's games you know where diplomacy and negotiation are, the, you know, the the point, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But to find something that is just as exciting and that feels as epic, uh, it's difficult. I would still like to figure something out like that because it seems because of that exact thing. We're basically teaching that violence is the only way to like really solve problems or do it in an interesting way. That um, and it would be yeah, like, even. Cool. Especially like to to combine it with self improvement, like like in Arcanum, like you get experience. So 
to improve yourself, you have to subdue and exterminate everything around you. This is so colonialism in a game, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to, to call it. It's just toxic in a way for like the mindset of, of players. Like you, you really, you really teach the player that the only way to get ahead is to destroy other to destroy the opponent instead to instead of like cooperating with them and i think like movies have this problem too and books obviously to an, to a degree but they can can manage much much more easily and i'm i'm happy to see like a lot of um tv series and stuff like getting around to this like i, I remember vividly uh, watching the um the avatar the second What's it called again? Korra. Legend of Korra. Korra. Legend of Korra, right? And there is, I think it's like the second to last season or the last season. And she has a, like a, a big fight scene with the with the enemy character, but at the end, the way it is resolved is by Korra showing compassion and having a dialogue with her. She's not destroyed. But she's saved, and she's like accepted, and that that resolves the conflict. But you never see this in games. Hmm. And the weird thing is, I mean, that it is killing or that it's fighting. I mean, that's just a dress up of a mechanic, and a mechanic mm. in itself is not tied to destruction or anything. So there has to be a way that this is exciting even if it has a different, you know, uh, label, the actions and stuff. I don't know. It just would be... I mean, I did play a game once. I forget what it was called. It was it was a mobile game where you play an attorney who tries to get dodgy people off. And you kind of... It's a very, very basic... Kind of you, I think you collect also sort of energy to bring like this thing out and stuff. It's like a turn-based argument <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just it would be interesting to explore that more, also in a yeah in an epic setting, because obviously something that makes these things that do exist feel like they don't work is that they're usually small or not very interesting, or it just feels a little bit boring. Mm. The conversation or something. Uh, no, that's yeah. the thing, right? Doesn't feel like exciting if it's not life or death if you're not like destroying your opponent just not doesn't feel i'm not sure if it's like human nature or if it's just like our our society or i don't know our culture i'm sure there's a little um element of conditioning to it i mean mm. we're used to this is what an epic battle looks like mm. um I don't know. But yeah, certainly something that would be interesting to explore at some point. Maybe one day in the future we'll suddenly have that aha moment when inspiration strikes and mm. okay, we do something cool. <laughs> no. Maybe it's just because it's like so physical and everything else is just like dialogue and we don't have really good solutions for dialogue 
like dialogue choices they are so limiting mm -hmm. maybe if we have um natural language input it becomes more interesting when you can say everything like in facade because mm. that's obviously is an interesting very engaging game i guess the problem with dialogue is that it is very complex and i guess that's something that that works well for combat it's very simple it's like there's someone in your way uh just hit them until they're gone everybody understands that you don't need to explain anything but if you yeah. have it like language based or diplomacy based you know you need to understand what does everybody want how can i convince them how can i you know give them something that they want while not losing everything i need and it's much more complex than just click until it's gone kind of mm. thing so i don't know if like more complex ideas can be or if there's like simpler ideas that are still non-combat based but uh that mm. have a similar shorthand or are as easy to grasp as you know shoot the thing it dies you know? <laughs> mm, Ah, well, hmm. who knows? It's a complicated, complicated issue. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, maybe I have like, because I, I just love those games too, and I don't want to feel bad about it. But no, sure. And that's also not to say that, you know, we shouldn't make those games. I mean, we are actually still making those games. It's just also interesting just to think about what else is out there and maybe, you know. Yeah. But I do feel like, like with our secret project, mm. I I want to, I want to include like a, 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 like a way to to complete the game without being violent. And I think it's going to be difficult. <laughs> it is a I'm not sure problem. if it's possible. But I mean, we have a, we have an in-universe kind of explanation, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not so bad, but still, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I don't know. A couple of weeks, then we can t finally talk openly, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, anything else you've played this last week or watched or done? What have I done, even? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Asking as a friend, not like you. <laughs> um, well, as I said, I'm playing The Journey Down, the third chapter. It's a, um, it's a point-and-click adventure. It's kind of like Grim Fandango, only with Afro-Caribbean um, visuals. Wait, let me open that up while I talk about it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not so crazy about it. Ah, I've seen that. It's so, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to talk, you know, trash about another developer's products and stuff, you know, um, but I also feel like these are, on the one hand, they're not the best adventure games that I've ever played. Let's put it like that. Um, hmm. A lot of these things are kind of frustratingly um, designed. You know, I account, encounter a lot of stuff where you 
you find something you need. Like, okay, so right in the beginning, uh, so this woman comes to hire you, running away from some goons, um, because you have a play. Yeah, cool, cool visuals. Yes. Um, Nice. I'll get to that in a second because I have right. op opinions on that. No. <laughs> um, but what happens a lot is basically that you're being told no I can't do that or I don't want to do that yet kind mm. of thing right so like in the beginning you have to fix an airplane you see this cup uh, next to the red just the, the mug and mm. the guy says when you try to take it Oh, there's an old lemon in there. But I'm not going to just carry that around without a good reason. And then obviously when you go somewhere else, then it's suddenly, oh, I need some lemon. Then you go back and then you take it, right? Um, but sometimes that's just really frustrating that you're always being told, no, you can't do this. Net. I don't want to do this without a good reason and stuff. Mm. So I don't know. It's um, so sounds like a joke uh, to, the, to the point the click trope of just getting everything <laughs> you can that's not nailed down yeah but that that is also something that just works right you just pick something out you're not being told this is going to be important later but mm. i'm not gonna let you take it and i don't know like figure this out when you're at another point but i have to remember that even though i cleared this room of everything that i i can do there i have to go back like a couple thoughts a couple puzzles later and remember I have to click on this again. Mm. You know, that's sometimes a bit frustrating. I feel like I don't, I don't know if I haven't paid attention. I feel like in Lucas Arts games, you know, you can just you just take everything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then you just look for through your inventory what works, and you have it with yeah. you. You don't have to like remember. Oh right, uh, half an hour mm. ago in this room he said I don't want to take this. That's the thing I need now. That is a little bit frustrating. Um, and. Okay, the look. Obviously, it's kind of interesting. Um, as I said, it's sort of like Grim Fandango, which has the whole um, Diaz de los Muertos um, aesthetic. Yeah. The thing is just, and that's the thing nobody likes to talk about ever, but uh, cultural appropriation, of course, because it is developed by an all-white team, as far as I can tell. Norwegians, um, and it's about a bit iffy. The thing is, okay, so obviously Grim Fandango is also developed by white people, right? Uh, it's and it's not that you know the color of your skin determines what you can talk about and what you can't. Obviously, it would be ideal if you know cultures like this get discussed by the people who share this culture. Um, but it's also obviously a reality that sometimes that's not possible. Um, like Tim Schafer said this about uh, Grim Fandango, like he doesn't have control over who Lucas uh, entertainment pays. Uh, mm. But that he hopes that through, you know, giving it his best, that he does the research, that he makes mm. as um, well-informed and as sensitive as possible a game even though he knows that it still has shortcomings that through that um there's of course a lot of us we make games because we played games we thought they were awesome we probably want to do that too when we grew up 
and that through those games existing, maybe more people get included in you know who games are for, um, and then get excited, and then the that circle of developers, the community, like broadens that more people come in. Then maybe the next game that's going to be developed about this is going to be by people who have more to say or like more direct experience. Um, I mean, I have, I have a, there, there's also a good reason for for people like who are not in this culture to make something about the culture because you you have like an external perspective on it and you can bring the stuff it's easier to communicate the it for like foreign people like if you have someone like do the the Diestella Moete stuff um from an external perspective it's it's maybe like easier because those people know what uh, people from other cultures know or do not know about this so that that's there are like it's not all negative that's what i want to say i'm not sure and i mean okay to some the days of laughter stuff is basically what you describe right now right uh, mm. it's not an experience that i have personally had it's just something that I'm recounting in a way that I know works for someone like me who doesn't know anything. Um, yeah, exactly. um, but of course, it also requires that there's a lot of um, just effort put in to actually knowing and understanding the thing you're talking about. And that is what I feel uh, separates those two games. And what frustrates me about the journey down is that it's, an, mm, it's just the aesthetic. The game itself is just a noir game in the very... I mean, you could also say that Grim Fandango is a noir game. I was very rooted in, um, you know, Mexican folklore. And you kind of... I feel like you can get uh, really a sense... Yes, it's a story within that framework, uh, but it still kind of lets you know a little bit about the culture and all of that stuff. It's playing with something that it clearly understands. Well, this seems to just take a look and tell kind of an honestly also really boring story. Um, so it's, even if it's not offensive, you know, and there's it, it's le at least a shame that it's kind of, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but uh, my thought <laughs> during it was kind of that it's... thinking about your, <laughs> don't want to talk shit about other developers, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, it feels a little bit like a wasted opportunity, you know, mm. to, to say something more of substance and not just take visual aspects to make it look more exotic, mm. but then like do nothing with it. And it's also, and I feel very, very, um, what I do feel is a problem is that it's white actors, voice actors doing a Jamaican accent. It just, mm. it is such a caricature it does feel a bit offensive. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of things where you just, it's just a caricature. It's poking, you know, fun. It's punching down, it feels like. And it's poking fun at uh, her Caribbean culture, I feel, more than that it explores it or, like, um, uses the framework to, like, you know, show something new or anything. It It does... The third chapter is honestly the best of the... Oh, and I'm enjoying that a lot more. It's better as an adventure game. The story feels a little bit better. It hmm. um, is rooted in. I haven't actually looked up like what, uh, how much of it is, 
like overlapping what they made up if this is like actually what people believe that the underworld is kind of what it looks like and stuff if the gods are the same but yeah just it does feel a little bit better but yeah overall it feels like the the specific care hasn't been taken and that is where it does feel like appropriation because that is you know ripping mm. elements you find cool and exotic without like really um being respectful to the to the culture culture itself you know and that's that feels a bit iffy in places mm. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a, certainly an interesting thing. And uh, I mean, I would also be actually super interested in kind of exploring African stories more. Hmm. Because, um, you know, in thinking about this, I'm kind of realizing I have an understanding of like, or not an understanding, but an idea of, I feel like most major cultures, you know, obviously, I know about Norse mythology, um, Chinese, Indian, uh, Aztec, Native American. This, these are at least things that I've heard about before. I mean, I could not say anything of value about them, but I, I know what they are. But anything yeah, African, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that that you know most of them in this case. I think there are quite a few more that we don't. Uh, we aren't aware of. Major. I mean, of course, there's more, but I'm thinking like. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know what I mean. You kind of of the major regions from each continent i can name i have a rough idea what their mythology of folklore kind of looks like hmm. uh, without having looked into any of them it's just because they're kind of in the cultural awareness um, but outside of egyptian mythology i don't know anything about african folklore or mythology i don't know what beliefs exist there um before colonization because obviously a lot of that is now uh, christianized and stuff uh, and a lot of it i'm sure has also been erased you know i have been talking to a couple of friends and it is a little bit difficult to get uh, to uh, the history that has not been you know viewed through a colonization lens and that would be for example super interesting to learn more about that and maybe explore it more and um but you know not in a way of just taking something that you know looks cool but to like mm. actually explore what that means what the oral traditions were um what stories they used to tell you know what what does an african story look like and obviously it's a huge continent so mm. uh obviously um i'm mostly in contact with south african people and you know just focusing on maybe what a zulu or wait let's see if i can pronounce it Kosa. um okay. <laughs> uh, folklore and mythology actually looks like and so that would be that's something I'm kind of looking into also because I'm curious for myself and because I kind of realized there's this um, there's kind of this hole in just hmm. knowledge or even just basic awareness but yeah yeah I don't know still those just that is something that I'm playing right now and some thoughts that I had about it, which I hope were still respectful. I mean, I, I understand that people don't, you know, I'm not accusing these people of being racist or anything. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. That's just something where I personally feel a little bit like, mm, I feel mm. awkward about that. And 
And don't don't just the one thing where I, I do feel that that's a fair point to say is don't make white people affect you know black accents that just that, that that's just that there's no winning there just not a good idea pay a black person please <laughs> and if they say they don't want to do that accent because it's a caricature then maybe listen to that hmm. yeah i mean i don't know that the background of this but you you i don't know how easy it would be to find people to do this but Probably not so hard. There are a lot of black actors in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Definitely think something, yeah, you you should be aware of (laughs) and (laughs) think about. At the very least, it can't hurt to think about. If you come out the other end saying, no, I'm comfortable with what I'm doing, that's fine. You know, it doesn't hurt to ask yourself these questions. That's, I find it like uh, amazing how uncomfortable the whole topic is <laughs> and and how, how yeah, you, you get critique from all sides for whatever you are doing. Um, for example, I was like, uh, last uh, for like last couple of weeks, I was looking for like new podcasts to listen to mm-hmm. because uh, yeah, I, I love to listen to uh, the Co-Optional Podcast, um, which it's um, Tom Biscuit passing away, I think, a couple of years ago now, mm. isn't really what it used to be or isn't even there anymore. I'm not too sure. Yeah, and I asked on, on Reddit uh, uh, about diverse um, <laughs> podcasts because when I, I searched like gaming podcasts, like it's always three to five white dudes <laughs> about 30 to 40 years old. Oh, let's, let's make it 25 to 40 years old talking about games, hmm. everyone ra- raving. And yeah, <clears throat> I just realized that it's not, I don't, that's not what I'm looking for. It's not very interesting if like everyone agrees and nobody has like a, a real interesting perspective like this. For example, I mean, that you realize the problems with this game is because you are like very interested in African culture right now. And I would love to see like someone from that culture talk about that. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really hard to find gaming podcasts with a really diverse cast. And mm. I haven't really found anything that, that really made me super happy about this. I'm now listening to the Crate and Crowbar it's also like white dudes mostly, but uh, game developers and they have very different perspectives. They come from different, um, like, yeah, mm-hmm. backgrounds. So that this makes it more interesting than, um, yeah. And uh, obviously, like it's it's Reddit. <laughs> Someone took a bit offense of uh, me trying to. Uh, <laughs> to have a diverse podcast and asked me like what's the problem why why i think there was even it, it could quickly run down to like skin color and why why skin color makes a difference in taste of games <laughs> try to explain it's not like the taste that i'm interested in but the perspective and then they were like well look at this podcast one guy isn't white and they are all from the bay area so they have the same perspective 
so why do you want to listen to this more than like just three white dudes and i really try to explain to him that it's not the color that but the perspective i'm looking for <laughs> yeah, anyway that's that was weird like you're you get like accused of um yeah i, I guess it's racism either way if it's just like anti-white racism that's another thing yeah that's <laughs> well for some people it is well um, racism yeah. is a power you need to have power to be racist so if you can't well that's, that's one definition that's the the common definition that should be used by everyone but there are other definitions obviously yeah but that's just prejudice that's not racism is an yeah. institutional thing so you can't be racist against a white person you can be prejudiced but being racist means you need a whole system that disadvantages all white people while advantage giving advantages to non-white people so until we have that i think reverse racism is going to be difficult yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's, uh, i was thinking about this earlier i don't, don't even know why um what brought me up on that but uh it's always the people you know who go on about how oh, are you triggered that are always the most triggered just by mm. you know can i have a podcast with you know someone with a different perspective oh i'm so triggered <laughs> i i wonder about that I'm not sure if these are the same people. I, I also have the feeling they are, but I, I kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt because it would be just so stupid. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I think that's like, I think it's a, just a very loud minority and it's not really worth like giving them too much attention. But it's, especially in online communities, it's, it's very alarming often i think like if you, if you go to reddit for example i do feel it reddit like there's a lot of like left content but there's also like a really hard right mentality in the comments it's a real weird mixture mm. and like different stuff like uh like all these social media there there's always like like a right um, anti-Semitic undertone. Mm. And yeah, it's, ah, man, it's so disheartening, I think. Like, like there's a, a website called Program. <laughs> I recently started uh, browsing again mindlessly, not doing any work. And it's mostly German and it's mostly okay, but they are too, like, very anti-semitic like like low-key anti-semitic stuff there like you don't realize it's anti-semitic unless you're like really uh, aware of all the the dog whistles they use and all the stuff and yeah i guess we live in a, in a world where <laughs> in a diverse world with diverse opinions and maybe i'm getting triggered by by stuff like that but yeah that's that's a weird thing maybe yeah <laughs> i feel just like we're we're all humans and we all basically want the same things and um i don't i don't understand why we have to to make these weird distinctions why we have to to demonize people from outside the country coming in 
I'm not sure, like, we have so many people <laughs> in Germany, I think, are problematic, and they're just accepted because they're German. I don't understand it. Yeah. Get it going on the rant again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's true, and it's really weird how, you know, having traveled a lot uh, over the last few years and, like, you know, gotten in touch with cultures that I've only, you know, known through media or popular you know, opinion or something. Um, we really are not very different. Sure, there's different circumstances, um, but I don't know. When I talk to my South African friends, there's no big difference. Obviously, we're conscious of like the privilege, um, you know, differences and stuff like that but if you like just talk to a human being you're still talking to a human being they still mm. have the same interest they might most of them even have kind of the same uh basic stories you know like the same sort of generational trauma and stuff that we have you know like uh different kinds <laughs> obviously in sort of a different context but still kind of similar you know mm. how i don't know how you felt like you want to you always want to connect to people and families are difficult you know not always getting along with your parents all these stories are pretty much the same they just exist within a different context that has additional um difficulties obviously if you then interact in a system that is uh you know putting stuff on top of it that's basically the main yeah. difference they have more stuff that comes on top of the trauma that we also have by those basic stories that we connect over you know there's a these are yeah there's barely a difference and it's it's kind of a weird thing to realize um after the fact because uh, obviously in that moment i'm like wow you're you're a human being it's just something you know when i now think about it how i grew up thinking ah okay these people are like this these people are like this um mm. you know, and you have these ideas sort of not really something similar to women can drive and stuff like that you know things you just yeah it's just believe exactly. you just accept them you know and then you they are jokes yeah mm. this is like this is like a cultural joke asian people can't drive women can't drive and like on program there there you have like pictures like weird funny pictures and then you have votes and you can tag it and then mm. you can vote on the text too so if uh if there's some guy doing something stupid it's usually the top tag is like uh it, it's german but basically it's saying like uh, stupid people doing stupid things and if it's a woman doing something stupid it's um uh, what's it called diagnose frau <laughs> okay diagnosis uh, woman yeah diagnosis women woman and yeah you laugh it's funny it's just a joke but it's also sexist. It's yeah, a sexist joke. No, jokes so, are the are the most effective way to like spread the stuff. That's why like it's just a joke is never an excuse because it's. But why is it why is it funny? It's funny because you know it's wrong. Well, I love because it's unexpected. You know, humor. Yeah, humor is the unexpected. Exactly. You know, just, um, and yes, it's just it's, nothing you're supposed to say. But somehow some people like like twist it in their mind. It's funny because it's true. It's oh, that true. is something that like, is like most similar. stupid things I see see there are made by men. Nobody's like uh, twisting this 
you know, when you then say something like, ugh, men are like this, and it's like, not all mm. men, why do you yeah. generalize? <laughs> then mm. suddenly it's not funny anymore, it's not just a joke. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I think, I, as well, like the discussion I chat about like racism, mm. can you be racist against white people or single individuals? It's a lot, it has a lot to do with like definition, how we define racism. Obviously, you can be uh, shitty <laughs> to white people. You can like shit on white people. And that's not okay. That's not right. You can do it as a joke. And yeah, it has the same problems, but there's just a different background. That's what, what makes it problematic. We, there's not a... Because we, for example, with women, there we have just a history of keeping women down And, and telling them they're stupid and they can't do this and they can't do that, that it's more problematic to, to have a tag like diagnose women um, than if we had have the same thing in men. It's just like the, the context is different, the historical context. And like people just want to ignore this and, and say like, ah, oh, we are all the same now, so we can make fun about everyone. Yeah, and the thing is that uh, these jokes are. And I get are... this. I, I I get the the need to this uh, for this, and I can I can laugh about it too. And I, I laugh about it because it's, in my opinion, it's wrong, and I see that it's problematic because some people can take this and as a, as like another reason why their opinion that women are stupider or stupider than men. Yeah, that's the correct way to say it. <laughs> um, Yeah, that, yeah, it's just this, uh, like, your, your confirmation bias, I guess. And that, that's the reason why this is problematic. But, yeah. yeah. And it's also that this is followed up by, like, very real oppression. Um, sure, we have jokes about, did you just assume my gender or something like this, you know, which is poking fun at uh, transgender people. Um, and they're struggle to like gain basic human rights is pulled into like you know it's made fun of it's made you know something less serious and then that's followed up by like legislature being you know put together that not just not gives people the same rights as everyone that keeps the rights away from them still but to make it actively worse and all these things they have a they have a systemic backing you know if someone makes fun of a white person white people are not suddenly gonna be stopped and frisked more by the police they're not suddenly gonna be shot more or something that is something that happens in the other direction where mm. these jokes are just not as funny then and that is yeah, sort I mean, of the yeah i guess that that's the problem like we we have a bias mm. there there is a bias that it exists it's a, it's a historical bias mm. and we have to actively work against it and these jokes undermine this yeah. and if you like make jokes or are racist against white people there's not a bias you're like confirming with this and that's why why it's like not as problematic i guess yeah but mm. i i don't know i I guess if you, yeah. I mean, I guess if you have a bias against white people, you know, which that's the thing. I almost feel like fair enough because I guess people who do have that, they've been, you know, kind of the victim of uh, oppression by white people or white system, white supremacist system. 
uh, for long enough that they say, okay, everybody who benefits from this, I don't want to have anything to do with them. I kind of feel like, yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm not going to be like, but I'm a good person. You know, don't lump me in with them. You know, um, it's I kind of get it. You know? um, but I guess you you have to. I mean, it's the same thing, right? They are, they are like prejudices. There's prejudices against you as a white person because they don't know many white people, and they have like this idea of how white people are oppressing them. And okay, in this case, uh, that's true. <laughs> you well, can't yeah, really deny it's... that there's a white a system like that. There, there's a connection at least. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it's honestly, if you just look at the people, it's bullshit. Well, I think this is more complicated because um, obviously we have a lot of um, unconscious biases where we still hurt people, um, even if we don't intend to just by like washing away what they're saying. You know, like basically having a conversation like that. But why are you mad? At, it's like the not all men, you know, it's like why... Why are you attacking me personally by generalizing men or something, you know, where you kind of make it about yourself and where you, instead of listening to why are these people saying that, what is, what is that, what they're criticizing, what is the pain behind that? Suddenly it's about mine, you know, oh, I feel attacked by you now, by you being, uh, you know, tired of being oppressed or something, but why aren't you managing my feelings better? You know, there's still a lot of small ways with how, um, how you can, even if you are a good person, um, can kind of, um, yeah, I guess microaggressions or something, where you can perpetuate the system or defend the status quo even mm. without realizing it. Uh, because saying, I, I don't see color, everybody's equal, I treat you as an equal, why don't you treat me as an equal? Which is an ideal, but which also kind of erases the whole weight of what this person's experience has been like. Um, well, not erase, but ignore, right? Well, that's what I mean by, yeah. you know, we're kind of saying we have we are the exact same. Like your experiences don't matter, mine don't matter. We're just people now, which you know ignores like a really big part of that human human's reality. Mm-hmm. And so I think I I understand why people are cautious because in the end, what they're also not saying, and that's I think what's difficult uh, when talking about can you be racist um, because that means. You have to hate a white person because they're white and not because of the oppression through white supremacy you have because then you're mad at the system and we are the face of that system whether that's fair or not we still benefit from it so i guess a little bit of a you know trepidation or something of on the side of people who have suffered that oppression that's i get it you know um but i don't think very many people just hate white people because they have light color but because of the privilege and uh, oppression and all that stuff so i don't know i think not now you're giving them too much credit and giving the other other side to not enough because obviously like people hate black people because of like reasons that you maybe can uh rationalize if you're like discussing it that way you know what i mean and and the same way you can rationalize like uh hate against white people and obviously there's there's like a different context a different background you you can compare these but i feel i i just i I think i just don't like like um if you like 
like this this urge to defend this to say like okay i get it um instead i feel i mean I feel like I'm talking myself into a whole thing. <laughs> no, what I mean by that, you know, prejudice, racism is rooted in basically made up nonsense, right? Like the fear, yeah, fear, fear of it, uh, black people, of how they're violent and lazy and all that stuff. That's just a narrative that was made up by people because they wanted to put down the other. Right? Exactly. But, but it's not like the, the, the racist person made this up they are the victim of this narrative and the same way like a, a black person who is um, prejudiced against white people have the narrative that the whites put them down right wait wait, wait. That they are that's, all in that's the difference you... that's the difference i see yes a racist person has been taught racism nobody's born racist um, yeah. it's it has been taught but they're not they're not a, just a victim of that uh, upbringing they are also a beneficiary of that upbringing because obviously they receive better treatment so that's all a, that makes it all complicated but the mm. person who has maybe you know, a problem with white people it's not a narrative it's their actual experience that they are tre being treated worse than white people by white people and so it's it's different you know the the racist yeah, but, point but of the, view the, is the, not the, something that really racist... happens sorry like the racist okay. idea of why you know other people are less than them. They're not rooted yeah. in anything real. The persons of color's experience of white people oppressing them, that is something that they actually experience. You know, similar to how uh, women experience catcalling and sexism. It's not a narrative that, not the same narrative as women can't drive. Men are sexist towards women. That's like the actual experience. You know I mean? Yeah, but, but the, the, the racist has this experience as well. He just attributes it to the foreigner to the black person you know he, he does no. suffer it's just not the right cause he is attributing it to how is he suffering what are we talking about now well you if you're looking like at racism uh, you you obviously you have it as far as i um knowledgeable of this uh, topic if you are poor uneducated your life is going into the shitter and then like the politics the politicians, the right-wing politicians, the propagandists come and say it's all a foreigner's, role, uh, foreigner's uh, fault for this. And that's how, you, how you, you get this narrative, how you became racist, because you think that all your life's suffering is the fault of this particular um, people. But it's not a real yeah. experience. That's a narrative. Yeah. No, the experience is real, just the no, cause. No, no. Yeah, it's not the, the cause. One. The cause is a narrative. I have a shit life. Yeah. Uh, but saying it's the foreigner's fault, that's yeah. not real. But right. being mistreated by white people is a real. That's not my life is shit mm -hmm. and I blame white people. It's like I'm ac I see it's an actual. But do you know what I mean? The the cause is an actual experience. It's not a false narrative that's attributed to the wrong person. It's mm -hmm. an actual thing that they actually experience and where actually no, the no, system no, is no, backing it up and stuff. You can't make the difference in the experience because they both experience pain. It's just attribution to this pain. Yes, one, but one, one is, is made false up, narrative, the other one is, is real. The true narrative, right? Exactly, but that's that's what makes all the difference. Yeah, but not for the person who is suffering. But what 
like what what point are you trying to make right now <laughs> i want to i want to i want to have empathy with the racists mm. I, want, I, i don't fuck want no, to fuck racists no yes. they are they are they are the victim too mm, no i mean they're victim of some other stuff but not at all in the same way they're victim of their upbringing of the the media landscape of the propagandist who who uses them as tools to um reach yes. their gains but then they also benefit from it and they perpetuate something where other people have it a lot worse because the pain they're feeling put actual racism oppression systemic oppression on top of that and you have someone who's much much worse off but then yeah. so i'd rather have empathy with those people who have a shit life plus all that stuff on top than the why person who both? perpetuates that why not both mm. Because I feel like there's enough information out there to know that these things are nonsense. And I also believe that a lot of people really don't want to um, change their mind on that because it removes a punching bag, basically. They want to, hmm. they, they feel powerless in their life, so they want yeah. to feel powerful by putting someone else down. But that is actively, that is making a choice, that is evil, basically, to me, to make the choice to put someone else down. Well, that's that's your theory, and maybe it's true, but you really never can prove it, right? What do you mean? It's just not that easy uh, to to um, <sighs> now. Lost my point. What were you saying? Basically, I, I'm just I'm just not not for this narrative to to. Obviously, racism is evil. Yes. But to demonize the people who get on this track and um, not to to emp to empathize with their um, suffering, I think, will never really change this, but only um, make their point stronger because they have this us against them feeling. You know? Look, my empathy comes uh, at a different spot because, of course, they are also being used and the suffering that starts with where then it's said, oh, that's actually the foreigner's fault. Uh, that's obviously capitalism and all that stuff we talked about in the beginning yeah. that you can't actually. And that is something I obviously, you know, where I do empathize and where I and I'm also very much interested in overthrowing that system. Um for those people as well but the thing is i'm not gonna um give them a pass or empathize too much when their choice of dealing with it is not rooted in you know actually figuring out the real problem or seeing what they can do about it but putting that pain onto other people who are also in pain and who are yeah. as i said worse off than them because the real problem with all of these isms in the end is that there is that these have consequences You know, but wait, wait, wait a second. Isn't this? But isn't the? Isn't it the other way around? Uh, like, if you have like a, a, let's make it. I don't. I don't want to throw around these like generalizations. But if you have like the white person being just, just because colors are easy, mm -hmm. the white person being racist against the, the black person, mm -hmm. he's like he has his pain and he's, uh, he's letting it he's making the the other person the black person suffer to make him feel better right mm -hmm. but if a black person does the same thing to a white person like 
yes, his reasoning is better, but he still makes someone suffer to make himself feel better, who not necessarily had, has contributed anything to it. So, so because it feels like you're like saying, okay, this, this is okay, this isn't racism, that's just prejudice. So he can do whatever he wants. And this, on the other hand, that's racism, and he's a bad person because of it. And that's what I don't like. I feel like the act of being prejudiced is a problem either way. And I know there's a difference, and I know that racism is a systematic problem we have to change, and the other isn't, <laughs> right? Now, here's the thing. Um, this kind of, you know, turning it around and saying, but that's also just as bad, um, that sort of ignores the whole context around it where it's just really not the same thing. Um, like the, okay, so a white person blames a black person for everything that's wrong in their life. Um, mm. They're saying they had faulted everything, they ruin everything. Um, the system backs them up. Uh, all the media backs them up. Um, and what happens is white police officers then start harassing black people who are you know at fault for everything they start killing them indiscriminately and so the racism led to people who are already disadvantaged they don't get the same opportunities they are you know quite true that, that hold, happened hold on, hold on, hold on. before there that, that already happened at that point right what no no i'm talking about Racism has real-world consequences, not just I'm being mean to you and that suffering I'm adding to you, that's where it ends. There's real-world, um, there's systemic, that's what I mean by that. The system also comes from somewhere, it comes from people, right? People who design it mm. this way. Um, and uh, this, this basically, um, this disdain for black people leads to black people being shot and then blamed. Um, just recently, uh, two black men were shot. Uh, oh no, it was one black man was shot by uh, a white man and his son, and they were let go after a month. Nothing happened. You know, they hunted them down mm. and shot them, and nothing happened. This is all. This is part of the systemic thing. Now, yeah. if that, if a black person then says, "White people always get away with stuff. I'm being oppressed by a white system. White people always right. get away with everything. So I don't like white people now." For one. That's where I see the difference. They don't hate the color, they hate the oppression. Yes, I personally have not oppressed them directly. Uh, I might be contributing it through jokes or something or whatever else. You know, the media I consume and keep alive or the media I produce myself. I don't know. There's m many subtle ways in which you can like perpetuate a status quo. But I personally have not done anything bad to a black person. So maybe then I say, but hey, wait a minute, I didn't do this. But their dislike of me while that's not nice doesn't lead to the police shooting me yeah it doesn't lead to laws uh, saying i'm not allowed to own property or anything you know i don't have any real world consequence outside one person is a dick to me who it doesn't even matter what color they are people are dicks you know which isn't nice which isn't great i'm not saying people should be dicks i'm just saying there is no systemic thing backing that up and on top of it it is probably not just because of the way not just because of the way I look, but what that is connected to. Like, they hate basically the oppression that I represent just by looking like the people who oppress them. And, of course, as I say, I benefit from this stuff. Um, sure, I have my pain, but I have only that pain. I don't have to deal with um, all the systemic stuff, uh, 
I don't have to deal with, I don't know, not being able to get a job if my voice turns to black or not being able to get a reservation unless I use a white name or something like that. That's, that's, these actual real things are happening, you know. I just have my pain and not a thousand other pains on top of it. And that really is to me the different way you can't say, let's just turn around, it's the same thing because there's a whole mountain of baggage on top of it that makes it worse. And that's why I feel like when a racist who basically has the privilege, um, that great luck of only having to deal with the normal human pain that we all experience, hmm. takes that out on the person who's been kicked and beaten all their lives and does so, I feel maliciously because, you know, I, I could also choose to take my pain out on someone else or I can choose to go to therapy or try to better myself or help people and feel good through that. You know, I don't, and sure, there's things I can't fix, but then I rage against the machine. You know, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't try to make others feel worse. So I'm even more on top than I already am. And that's why it's hard for me to say, like, I empathize with the racist. I mean, I do empathize with the part where a different oppressive system. It's sort of like with, uh, you know, toxic masculinity is a really hard thing for men as well. But I'm not going to claim that that's, that we have it half as difficult as women who have become the victims of the effects of to toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? So I empathize to a yeah. degree, but I don't empathize with that part. I'm not going to say it's okay to be racist or something, or I understand why you have to be racist or something, because I don't. Mm. You make you can make the choice to be a better person. And yeah. So so basically basically what you're saying is um if one side has like a, a, like the context is different because like one side has much worse than the other side. Yeah. And so there's much more suffering going on on this side. Yes. So so if one side lashes out against the other in in the one direction it's like catharsis because there's so much like going wrong on this side so it's un more understandable than the other way around where yeah. you just have like life difficulties and you're being told like look it's all their fault and then you just take the easy way out and say okay like okay that's, that's true it's all their fault let's let's just hate on them yeah i think maybe sometimes this is easier to imagine with like rich and poor I feel like there's it's really yeah. obvious if we say rich people suck and they shouldn't exist, you know, that doesn't hurt them. They still live in their mansions, they still have the best health care, they still have hurt them emotionally. <laughs> yes, but I they have all this money like a, they have a, a all this a money to come. roll so. themselves in and feel good about it. They can, you know, put yeah. a a money band-aid on it. Meanwhile, yeah. when we're sitting here, not us personally, but you know, people who are starving, um, and then rich people are like you know, shitting on poor people, that is just an incredibly terrible taste because these people are in so much worse of a situation. They might be actually, you know, their survival may be threatened. And all these, and of course, the rich people have the power to not give them a better um, welfare or better health care and all this stuff. You know, if you look at the healthcare system in the US where people, you know, go broke because they have a dentist. They need to get mm -hmm. a filling renewed or something. That's insanity. 
Meanwhile, rich people have the power to change the laws that they don't have. They don't have to give even less and take away even more. And even that's mm. that's sort of these power dynamics, these imbalances. Power dynamics. Yeah. That's power why power imbalance. Right. Punching down always shit. Punching up, yes, please. Why not? What's what it's gonna hurt? You know. Well, I, exactly. That, that's that's where I'm different than you. I, I don't. I wouldn't say like punching up. Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> I think. And we we have to find a way to cooperate. I don't think that violence is the is the solution here, even yep. if it's punching up. Um, no wait, punching punching up doesn't mean literal violence. Um, although I do, I am of the mind. Or emotional violence. violence, as I said, like Elon Musk just uh, told Joe Rogan on on his podcast that he's selling all all his stuff because, like, having so many uh, houses people criticize him for that <laughs> yeah sure and then there's oh, a yeah. family of five who doesn't know how to pay their debt from going to the doctor because their child was yeah. sick and that's just it's not comparable yeah it just yeah it's true it's not comparable i just feel bad if if you're if you're like um even if you're like making fun of Elon musk or poor Elon musk i just feel it just feels like but how do you how do you change something without criticizing it? You know, if you don't point out the problem, nope. if you say like, because I think this the problem is systematic, and that's where we have to work on, and we have to work together. Yeah, to but but as Elon long as Musk we are like punching up or down. But that's the thing. Elon Musk is the system. Yes, yeah, sure, he's also a person, but he's also the system. He's like one of the five people who have all the money. You know, it's yeah. But what what does punching up help? He he sold his his houses so that, that's what it that brought us i'm not sure yeah because we're not done it's uh elon musk is not gonna give away all his wealth on his own no. rich people don't people in power don't give away their power they give it to their own they don't give it just away nobody wants to give it up so you have to make them somehow because they're not going to do it. if they were doing it on their own problem would be solved but Instead, everything's getting worse. Hmm. Um, then we have the situation right now is because the greed just gets more excessive. And uh, yeah, it's you can't. Yeah, I mean, haven't we asked them nicely? Haven't you know um, people of color, um, trans people, gay people? Haven't they all asked nicely? And it's just not happening until there is an actual fight when you make them. I don't it. think so. I don't Absolutely. think that, that nothing's happening. I think nothing is happening in our lifetime, or it's happening very slowly. I think we have to change the educational system, and over generations, we will be able to solve these problems. But we won't solve them like uh, fast. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but you solve them through a fight. Like uh, gay people have been rioting and fighting for decades to get marriage equality. You know, it's just by asking, you know, and then because obviously it should be like, hey, we would like to get hey. married, and someone should say, hey, yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Let's do that because we're all equal. It's, it doesn't happen like that. People have had to fight for like half a century to get there. Hmm. It's power doesn't, people don't give away their power. It's just, and so there has yeah, to be something that has to be done. And as I say, it's. I think if you have all this power, if you have all the riches, if you have all the privileges, 
you can deal with a little bit of needling, a little bit of jokes, a little bit of criticism, because Jesus Christ, it's yeah, not that I big agree. a deal. <sighs> we have done over two hours. Is this <laughs> should we <laughs> should we start wrapping this up or do do we not care? Do we just <laughs> I think I think I think we can wrap it up. <laughs> I think it's gonna only get into more politics from here on and we as you know Games and politics, you never should mix those two. Well, this, was, this is why this is a hangout and not a <laughs> gaming stream, anything. We just happen to work on games sometimes. Yes. <sighs> well, no, I think it, it's been a, a great cask. I think we can wrap it up. Yes. Well, and there's always politics. That's that's the gift that keeps on giving. So we can probably fill like two hundred of these streams with just that. Um, but we we probably won't. So don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> we might not. <laughs> Please subscribe to to our Twitch channel to be informed when we start streaming. Um, you can also find us on uh, Twitter at Hypnotic Old Games. I think. No, hypnotic all UG, ah, because UG, right. Twitter does not yet, at least last I checked, didn't allow a name long enough for hypnotic all games. It was one character too long. Well, we could try again, maybe. But yes, on YouTube it's hypnotic all games, um, and of course you can now also find the hypnotic hoot out on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, yeah, we just put out a blog post where you can find all the links. So if you go to hypnoticowl.com, you can check it out there. Hypnoticowl.itch.io for the games we talked about. And of course, hypnoticowl slash newsletter if you want to have all these things in your inbox. You can also follow us individually. What? <laughs> yes, you can follow uh, Hannes over there at L. Krebman. E.L. Krebman. Myself, I am at J Hackenstein yes. on Twitter. All right, and, and Dr. Hackenstein on uh, itch. Yes. Dr. Hackenstein. And for that. And of course, facebook.com slash hypnotical. <laughs> so I think now we've rattled through all the social media and stuff that we have. Not all. <laughs> we still have Instagram, uh, Tumblr. Oh, right. Also, <laughs> but both I, I hypnotical games. And we have a Reddit <laughs> that yeah. we don't use, so. Uh, join us next week for more news uh, no social media uh, platforms we have yes next week we're just gonna do two hours going through every social media we have and yeah that should it be fun. could be fun <laughs> but yes um this was fun thanks again for joining us uh fun yep. to see a couple familiar names there and yeah, I guess we'll we'll see you next time hopefully. Yes. Have next a nice week. week. Same time. Right.